Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon with Ryan Roberts. We're doing things a little bit differently this week. Ryan's on vacation. I'm also on vacation. We were going to do defensive tackle week, but we decided instead of trying to deal with the uh, the traveling circumstances, we were only going to put out one episode this week. That one episode that we're doing today was we took the top five projected worst teams for the 2022 season, the top five picks in 2023. We're going to discuss their team needs and we're going to project some fits. Ryan, how's the trip? How you doing? It's good, man. It's good. Monroe Beach, about 10 minutes away from Coastal Carolina. Drove past. I, oh. I, felt, like, I felt like I was growing a mullet as I was going past. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Did you spot Grayson also, McCall? I did not spot Grayson McCall. Joe, can I say one thing, though, before we start? This is yes, what do, you, what do you have? What do you have? I think you I think you need to start phrasing things a little differently, okay? Do we have Why? to say the worst teams? Can't we say the least proficient? It just sounds a little nicer, you know? This is football, man. When it, when it, <laughs> what it, what it, that's the <laughs> – you're usually the reason why I love doing the show with you. You're not soft. That's the softest thing you've ever said on this show. In my life? Least oh, on the show. On no, the on the show. I don't know what the softest yeah. thing you've said in your life. That easily the softest thing you've said on this on this show. I don't think proficient. so. These these teams suck. They're gonna be bad this year, Ryan. You want me to be, be more mean? <laughs> I can be. I'm just saying, like, you know, that there may maybe we could just phrase it as, you know, their 2022 outlook isn't great, but it can improve moving forward, you know? Just kind of, you know, just give us a little hope. Give these fans a little bit of hope. Because then what happens is, is that these fan bases are going to come after us on Twitter and say, like, you guys just hate oh, our team. And I hope they come stuff. after us. Ryan, you know what I'm going to name the episode now? I'm going to see the top five dumpiest rosters and fi- fixing the top five dumpiest rosters. Top five dumpster fires in the NFL right now. I actually called the uh, Jaguars and what other team? Oh, the Jet Giants. Excuse me. I called them both dumpster fires earlier. Wait, I just realized that Tankathon did not have the Jaguars in the top five. So, okay, for some context, (laughs) they had them at six. So, for some context here, we got this top five from Tankathon. We usually in season will use Tankathon for any projected ordering. And the top five teams that we're doing today are the Atlanta Falcons, one, Houston Texans, two, Detroit Lions, three, Seattle Seahawks, four, and then number five is the New York Jets, but six is the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is, again, that's pretty pretty funky to see because you'd think that they'd be up there higher. I, I would assume it's... Urban Meyer, you're replacing Doug Peterson for Urban Meyer. I'm not the biggest Doug Peterson fan, but he's definitely yeah. an NFL coach than Urban Meyer. There's no doubt about that. And I guess they also broke bank in free agency, right? So you would just kind of 
assume that they would take steps. I, I, I think that's a safe assumption that they'll be a better team than they were last year. Yeah, it just feels so natural to call them terrible. And I would argue for the sake of this exercise, it makes it a little bit more entertaining to not have the Jaguars in it because they're kind of set with their defensive front. And we're talking a lot of front seven guys and they're set at quarterback and we're talking a bunch of quarterbacks. So I think it would it would make some of the the feeling some of these needs a little ham fisted as it usually is for uh, for the sake of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, no, it said, well, you know what we should do one time? We should do a uh, we should rank every fan base. What the best? So you really want to cause problems? Yes. So you, a second ago you were afraid of the fan bases. Now you want to cause problems? I see. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm. I'm we're a, we're a pod of the players, man. So I'm trying to yes. let the players know, the future prospects know what organizations they want to go to and which ones they don't. I, I'm just trying to help them out. Okay. Well, I I don't disagree with that. Well, uh, we'll consider it. I will run it by our executive producer and I'll see what he has to say. Is that uh, you? Are yes, you that is producer? that oh, is okay. me. <laughs> uh, I thought you were just the producer. I thought we had somebody over you or something. No, I'm the I'm the executive producer. You're the guy. You're the guy. Uh, speaking of executive producing, let's share uh, a message from our sponsor to pay the bills. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. Speaking of futures, that's what we're basically talking about today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Ryan, jumping in to the Atlanta Falcons, who... Finally are starting the rebuild after doing the the New York Giants bit of toiling around with the same old quarterback with a horrible, horrible roster around him. They traded away Matt Ryan, and we are officially in the rebuild era for Arthur Smith. Mm-hmm. Ryan, let's talk some needs here. I, I think it's pretty easy to say quarterback is definitely a need that Marcus Mariota is likely not the future of the position. There is higher. What about Desmond Ritter? Do you do do, do you want to consider him kidding. to be fit for Sorry, that? Sorry, <laughs> I, I won't interrupt you again. Go ahead. No, no, you're not interrupting me. I'm being serious. Like, should we consider him in the equation? Or I mean, I think that how it's going to play out is that Marcus Mariota is going to be a stopgap for a couple games, and they're going to see what they have out of Desmond Ritter. I, I think that's what it's going to be. I, I I would not pitch my wagon to the fact that I think that Desmond Ritter is going to be that guy, but I think that Atlanta mm. Falcons have every I think that they have the initiative to see if he is possibly part of me wonders if this will like, he'll go out there and he'll have a couple like mediocre games, but everyone will be like, this is good for where he was drafted. And then when they're picking first overall or in the top three, we'll have the debate of, do they keep Desmond Ritter or do they draft whoever is on the board kind of thing? Am I, I don't know why it has this feeling because it's it's a bad roster and he's going to play probably more than some of these other guys. Doesn't Desmond Ritter give you the vibes where he would be okay enough where you're yes. like, oh man, the roster around him is bad. We can build around him and he will be a better football player. And then he's still just kind of the same guy. <laughs> like he was at college. Like literally he was the same guy for three straight years at Cincinnati. The same exact dude. And I feel like he was – a good player at Cincinnati, obviously, but he was never a great player. And I feel like that you hit that lull where you'd be like, oh, well, we can do worse. But 
okay, you can also do better. But right. Sorry, I got distracted. I just found out I spelled bagel wrong on my uh, one of my tweets. Um, <laughs> I totally agree bagel? though. That, that I spelled bagel. I I I completely fat fingered it to L E instead of E L. Um, You're an idiot. Yeah, I am an idiot. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I totally agree here with the Desmond Ritter situation. Is that it, he's mediocre enough and he's kind of at his ceiling enough that this argument is going to be brought to. The discussion, I am not for that. And I think even if he is mediocre, he should be considered to be a backup for whoever they do decide to draft. Edge definitely on the table because they don't have any edge rushers. And their offensive line is pretty pretty terrible. So they could take an offensive lineman, but likely not first overall in this year's class. Let's call it less than ideal instead of bad. I'm, I'm being positive on this episode, I, okay, man? You're on vacation and you're like in a good mood. Exactly. Like, I, I don't want to be got mean. The, I got the sun. <laughs> the sun is streaming down in Myrtle Beach, man. Ugh. It's just like be positive. Show positivity on this episode. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I think that there's going to be a big debate. <clears throat> I think we have the debate in our picks here as well. It's like quarterback or who might be considered the best player available. I don't mm-hmm. think there's an offensive tackle, obviously, that's going to be in this conversation right now. We'll see if a Paris Johnson or a Peter Skaronsky or whoever can make that ascension. But I think ultimately it's going to be a edge rusher that I'm sure we're going to, you know, kind of unveil in a second, or it's going to be a quarterback. And I think that's going to be a very interesting debate if the Atlanta Falcons have the first overall pick. Right. And for me in this circumstance, I'm leaning jump from the jump to quarterback. Even if you're higher on Will Anderson, I'm very high on Will Anderson. I think he's worthy of that discussion. He's so good that you should have this debate because he is so supremely talented and generational, but drafting CJ Stroud for me, I think fits that need the best. They're getting a guy that's a really good athlete that he can throw on the run, playing an offense that loves to use play action CJ Stroud has to be the guy that they go with here because they need to restart as much as it would be nice to add in again, a supremely talented edge rusher like Will Anderson pushing off for another year, I think would hold them back. I wouldn't be distraught if they took, if they made that decision to draft him, but then it kind of plays into if they do decide to, to pick Will Anderson, that means they probably do feel good about Desmond Ritter. And that to me is, is a little, a little frightening. I, I don't disagree with that. I just think that for me personally, because I did pick Will Anderson in this exercise, I think that Will's just the best player on the board, man. I think Atlanta is a bad roster right now. And I think that when you're a bad roster, you need to pick the best player available. And I think that Will Anderson is the best player available. I don't disagree with the notion of taking a quarterback because, again, if you don't have a good quarterback, you're not going to be a winning team. I just don't know. I just think the separation between Will Anderson and either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young I think it's a little larger for me to be comfortable to pass on him just for the quarterback, right? Like I, that's what that's why people try to talk themselves into like. Remember after, especially after Saquon started getting some injuries early in his career, they were like, "Oh, you had to take Sam Darnold if that was the if that mm-hmm. was your pick with your Giants." And you're just kind of like, "No, you didn't have to do that. And you probably could have gone a different way than a running back." But I mean, you take the best player available when you're a bad team, in my opinion, more often than not, unless the quarterback is the best player available, right? So I think that's the conversation. Here's a question, Joe. Here's yes. a quick question. Yes. Would Atlanta consider Jalen Carter here, a defensive tackle? 
because they have for first overall or just in general say they're not are you asking if they're not uh, hypothetically i mean, mean no i mean hypothetically if they're in the first overall pick because i mean when you're looking at it edge is obviously a big need there's no doubt but i would say i mean grady jarrett's kind of hanging on the last mm-hmm. thread a little bit right and they don't really have another dude inside where you're like impactful football players and we've seen a little bit of the spring grades and NFL seems to value Jalen Carter as high or even higher than Will Anderson, depending on who you're talking about. So just a question, because I I think, and this is a little bit of trivia, and I don't know if I'm 100% on this one, but I believe the last time a defensive tackle was drafted first overall in a draft, I think it was Dan Wilkinson, the year that the Marshall Fall came out. No, he was uh, drafted by the Bengals, Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson, yeah, out of Ohio State. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's the last defensive tackle draft at first overall, but I think it might be. Sue didn't go first overall, did he? Dominican Sue? No, he 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 did not. He did not go first overall. I forget what class that was. Um, I I like everybody else. I'm high on Jalen Carter, but Will Anderson to me is uh, not in a different tier. They're both in the same tier because they're both worthy of being top five picks. Mm -hmm. I'm not unwilling to take him because he's a defensive tackle. I'm unwilling to take him instead of Will Anderson, because I think Will Anderson fits into a different definition of quality of prospect. He has been given, for me, that generational uh, tag, and I don't know if I would put that on Jalen Carter necessarily. He's very, very good, and he's going to come in and dominate, but the reason why we're having this debate about um, Will Anderson versus C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young is because Will Anderson is that good. I think if they're picking like three or four, yeah, I think the debate for Jalen Carter certainly opens up. Um, But I think Will Anderson, better prospect. And then on top of that, you already have Grady Jarrett, so there isn't necessarily that need to to bolster the inside. They they need to to add a pass rusher rather than a defensive tackle in this circumstance. What do you mean? Falcons have former Notre Dame great Adi Ogundiji. Is that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just waiting for you to pop in some way. No, I, I like Adi, though. That was no shade thrown at Adi. But mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I literally put, picked Will Anderson in this conversation. I was just curious if you yes. thought D-Tackle would at least be on the table for them if they like Carter that much. I think that Jalen Carter is more on the table for the second team on this list, which is the okay. Houston Texans. And we made these picks assuming that the teams before them, these guys were already being selected. So it's kind of like a fake mock draft without having the definition of a mock draft. We're assuming that we can't just give Will Anderson to all five teams because we could do that. And that would be a really stupid, unentertaining exercise. But the Houston Texans, I think Jalen Carter or Will Anderson in this circumstance makes sense. They are actually better offensively than they deserve credit for. I don't think that they're going to take a quarterback. And I think even if David Davis Mills has a bad season, or not a step backward, but like maybe he flatlines a little bit after looking strong in a messy situation. If he flatlines, I think they'll at least give him a little bit more runway to work with what he's got around him because he has the tools and he takes a little bit more time to develop. Their offensive line's fine, but I think defensively, best available, you can't overthink that decision right there. I don't think so. No, I I agree with you. I I, I would say this. People are are going to say if – the Houston Texans in this situation are drafting number two overall. The quarterback play must have been bad. And mm-hmm. I get it. It makes sense. I've used that logic plenty of times. All I'll say, though, is the Houston Texans are not a very good roster. So there is no. a conceivable situation where Davis Mills plays as good or better than he did last year because 
Baker just honest. got traded to the Panthers. Sorry, I'm. No, I have he the, did not. I, I, I have the attention span of a squirrel. Fifth round pick. Man, everyone knew that one was coming. I guess that means that the Sean, they feel better about Deshaun Watson then, I guess, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's so easy to say, but uh, sorry, I, I, I'm getting no, distracted. No, you're fine. No, my, my point was, though, is that I think that Davis Mills can be the guy, potentially, even if they are a, not a great football team from a win-loss record. And I like the fact that – talked about this before, I think, on this podcast some, at some point – Houston Texans did a great job getting Pep Hamilton to come back because he was a hot commodity this offseason. But getting him back as their offensive coordinator, he's had a great lineage of tutoring quarterbacks and doing really well in that department. And he did some great stuff last year as a rookie with Davis Mills. So I'm excited to see what Davis does in the second year. I Again, if, if someone said, hey, you're at number two overall pick, even if you like Davis Mills, you got to take a quarterback. I, I get it, and I could entertain that conversation. For me, though, I t- I so I opted for Jalen Carter because I already took Will Anderson off the board with that first overall selection. I think Jalen Carter is an impactful defensive player, and I think he's probably the second best defensive player I have evaluated so far. So in that regard, again, no offensive tackle right here because I know there's been a lot of talk about Laramie Tunsil getting traded at some points. So the right tackle position isn't great either. Mm-hmm. I get it, but for now, I'm going to go with Jalen Carter as kind of the known commodity to this one. Their defense is a lot more bare bones than their offense, which was kind of what I was leading in with. So either of these players, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, I am projecting Will Anderson here in this circumstance as the as the ideal fit. But I think if either player, depending on which one's available, is a, a major upgrade and defensively you add an immediately impactful, dominant player into the mix – there's no, there's no over again. There's no overthinking this one. It's it's going to be a best available defensive player. They're probably going to give Davis Mills, a, you know, a little bit, little bit of runway, kind of like what we just discussed there. You want to talk about a dumpster fire, man? Is there more of a dumpster fire than the Houston Texans? Nobody wants that job. Lovey, their their head coach is literally Lovey Smith, who had a losing record at Illinois. Yeah, but I I don't know if it's no one wants the the job with the current state of that roster and they moved they they pushed their their themselves out of the controversy with Deshaun Watson which I think was also a lingering factor with this whole thing is like do you really want to take on and coach a team with a guy who has all these allegations against him and it's just it's bogging down the branding and the franchise and now the Browns are dealing with it I think that now that that is gone if they take some positives I mean they've got a young some young nice pieces like Derek Stingley Kenyon Green, if Davis Mills looks good, like I think that's that roster deserves more credit than I think it's getting. I, I think I don't think it's as bad as um like I think the Falcons roster is terrible, man. Like I think that it's like bad, outside, yeah. outside of bad. Grady Jarrett, like I don't know who I can actually sit there and go, like, wow, this is Kyle this Pitts. Is, okay, Kyle Pitts, but and I don't I don't know if that Drake London pick is so easy to say that that was love, like a home run love, for them. I love Drake London. I know you love Drake London, but I hate teams that draft wide receivers when they have massive holes all over the rest of their roster. It's the stupidest pick ever. I ever. You mean you mean like drafting a running back number 2 overall? Like that Okay. Down? All right, we're moving on to number 2. <laughs> uh Detroit Lions we got to safe to assume here this is a quarterback, but if we're throwing out some of the other projected team needs, mm-hmm. linebacker, they could use corner, especially because there's some possibilities that they're not in love with Jeff Okuda, who they drafted third overall a few years ago. They could also go at safety. But I think the runway for Jared Goff is slowly running out. Jared Goff is probably going to continue to get passed around onto the next team that wants to give him a shot. 
Um, quarterback, though, I think if this team progresses a little bit, which they're probably not going to, they're going to be in the market to draft a quarterback, especially if they're picking third overall as Tankathon is currently projecting them to. I think that the Lions are going to pick a lot, a lot, um, a lot higher than this. To be honest, I don't think they're nice. going to be. A, I'm not going to say like they're going to be a playoff team or anything, but yeah. like, I would not be surprised if they're like a seven and ten type of team. So I don't think that they're going to have the third overall pick. Just to be honest with you, because I mean, Joe, honestly, their offensive line's really good. It's really freaking good. Like it's, it's, really it's good disturbingly now. good. And DeAndre yeah. Swift is good too. Like a couple wide receivers they got going now too. At Amara St. Brown and Hawkinson. And, I mean Hawkinson and and it's getting a lot better in Detroit. This roster is not nearly as bad as a couple of these teams that are around them in my, in my opinion. This is an easy quarterback pick. It's very easy because like your roster is getting better. It's moving in the right direction. You don't have a quarterback of the future right now on your team. So in this situation, I could have went personally, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, because I have them both on the board in my simulation. I went with Bryce, I went with Bryce Young ultimately because I value him slightly higher than CJ Stroud. But don't Ohio State fans, chill out for a second. Wait, I thought you I, had Stroud over No, I had Bryce Young. Br- did we did we both agree on that one? I don't remember that. I, I thought we disagreed. No, no, I, I definitely had Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. That's interesting. I don't know why. Just I feel slightly. like I would have remembered that. Maybe, because I, maybe that was because so I, long ago. Maybe your opinion changed. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I remember. I remember. I, I talked about it because I like the the feel for the position that Bryce. I thought. Mm-hmm. I I think that we agreed that. I thought we agreed that CJ may have a higher upside overall, but okay. I would take CJ Stroud right now as the top quarterback personally. You would take CJ Stroud as the top. No, no, I would take Bryce Young. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I would take Bryce Young because okay. I like what well, the value of what he is now comparative to what he could also could be. CJ Stroud, I think, has a higher upside long term. I agree with that sentiment. The reason why I put Stroud first overall is that's more of a, a projection of what I think is going to happen. I think that it's probably going to be the case of the Atlanta Falcons doing the, you know, the bit of like, oh, we want to go with the traits over the guy that's maybe a little bit further along. It's a little bit smaller, slightly more limited because of his size. But I love the fact that the Detroit Lions are picking where they are. If they end up with Bryce Young, that's a freaking home run. And if you're Bryce Young and his agents at CAA, you are – I know that Detroit is a horrible market, not a good market, a passionate fan base, but you are ecstatic that he is ending up on the Lions specifically because of that offensive line. He's not going to the Atlanta Falcons, who whoever that is going to be, and I'm projecting it's Stroud here – is going to be running for his life likely in the first year. And the team that you projected him to go to will also be running for his life. But if Bryce Young ends up on the on the Lions, man, that is that is a goldmine for future success because that offensive line is still very young. And again, mm-hmm. it is very, very underrated. Of all the teams here, in the, well, especially in the top five, but even if you push it to like top 10-ish, right, in this conversation – is there a better quarterback situation than someone going to Detroit right now? I mean, I feel like that's a decent situation yeah. for a young quarterback personally. I mean, and some you decent playmakers, a- good offensive right. line. I, yeah. yeah. And they also, the I, don't, I don't think we also – we also didn't mention that, like, Jared Goff's a really good stopgap. Like, if they, yeah. if, they, if they need a quarterback that needs to come in and needs to sit a little bit and right. kind of learn and, and get eased along slowly, Jared Goff's a perfect stopgap, in my opinion, for that, a bridge. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, and it's not like he's like Zach Wilson had to start right away. Like that was right. uh, Trevor Lawrence had to had to start right away. Like they were in situations where 
they didn't have any choice. And it's kind of like, this is a weird comparison, but situationally it would be like Trubisky with the Steelers. Like like that's the most recent one that I can think of from the last quarterback class where Trubisky is probably going to start for the first few games to first half of the season, maybe even the full season until Kenny Pickett's ready. And he's good enough to do that to keep that team relatively afloat. I think Goff, you know, similar talent level, similar range where they both were drafted. Yeah, I mean, golf's a better player than Trubisky, though. Obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think forcing, people are forcing comps there, huh, Joe? I'm not comparing the two. That's what I'm trying to say is that I was not trying to compare the two. But um, I know, I know. Uh, Seattle Seahawks at number four. This is another likely quarterback team because it's Geno Smith and it's Drew Locke who got blasted by the U.S. Open. But they're also a team that, frankly, could draft anybody because mm-hmm. that whole roster is – torn apart i wrote down as their team needs tackle and interior offensive line because there isn't a single offensive lineman that they have that is good why did you why'd you take off your headphones you good i can hear you still <laughs> you getting hot or something <laughs> no i can hear you i don't know man i, I have adhd i'm just fidgeting all over. <laughs> <laughs> new, i think you would get really distracted if i did that <laughs> well just finish your point. Okay. They also have no edge rushers or linebackers. They've got a decent <laughs> secondary, but that's pretty much it. They yeah. need help everywhere. Ironically, their best position group is running back, but that has no value in 2022 and 2023 in the NFL. But assuming they take a quarterback, I'm giving them Will Levis, which I think makes perfect Ooh. sense because they're going to miss out on all the options, and then Will Levis is going to go there, and then he's probably going to bomb out because he's on a, a – uh, a tur- you know, a really bad, poorly run franchise. You know who Will Levis? I, I got a little vibes from when I was watching him. I wrote down a name. I don't think I brought this up when we were talking oh, about no. him, though. Doesn't he give you like Jake Locker vibes a little bit? Oh, no. That's like the worst comp that you could ever give. To- Not because it's a <laughs> Jake bad Locker comp. was talented, man. He yeah. was really talented. It's a good know. comp, but man, you're, call- you're basically about to say he's not going to last I'm not, three years. I was, I was not saying that. I was not saying that. Ooh. Seattle's another bad roster, man. They're a yeah. bad, bad roster. I did give him a quarterback. I gave him CJ Shroud. Mostly because I like the fit stylistically, right? Like when you're talking about what Russell Wilson did over the last few years, he's not obviously CJ's not the evader extender that Russell Wilson is, but Russell was a great deep ball thrower. I mean, you talk about DK Metcalf, yeah. you talk about Tyler Lockett. I really think that CJ could do a lot of the same like bucket throws, working vertically, doing all that type of stuff. So I'd like the system fit. I just I feel bad if uh, CJ Shroud is thrown into that situation because it's it's going to be a little tough for a man. Luckily, Ohio State has also a bad offensive line, so he's had to deal with some pressure already in his career. But, yeah. Right. I, I would actually trust Stroud more in a, a, a mediocre to bad offensive line situation than I would with Bryce Young because Bryce Young, Alabama's offensive line last year wasn't perfect, but it still feels like those guys are more developed. And Ohio State has not had anyone draftable high enough as – as Evan Neal, that that offensive oh, yeah. line, I think, does a much, much better job. He's got a little bit more protecting him. But this circumstance, the Seattle Seahawks, whatever quarterback they take, you have to be praying that you get selected by another team, I think. And I, it's it feels so negative to say that, but this feels mm-hmm. like a year where they're going to probably pull the trigger and try and build, and it might be a career killer. I, I hate to say that, and I hate to be so negative, it's actually crazy to me to see that they're fourth on here. And I would yeah. argue out of 
out of the compared to the the Texans and the Lions, I am much more negative about the Seahawks situation because their best players are getting older, except for DK. Mm -hmm. Their best players yeah. are getting older. At least the Lions have a young roster, and the Texans have a, a fairly young roster. Do you know who the oldest coach in the NFL is? It's Pete Carroll. It's Pete Carroll. Yeah, it's weird, man. He's it's going to be a weird situation in Seattle because he might draft his next quarterback, but he's already in his seventies. Like it's going to be weird because I mean he's not going to see that guy through. Most likely, you might not even see the first contract through. I mean, most likely. That's even more to the point is that if he yeah. doesn't choose to retire at the end of this year, which I would argue highly likely that he does retire at the end of this year, but if he doesn't, if you're the third quarterback or the second quarterback on the board or projected, like again, another reason to hope you don't end up with the Seattle Seahawks because you could get drafted by Pete Carroll. You could be there with him for two years struggling as the roster is kind of improving. And if you're not looking promising by your third year, they could have a completely new GM and head coach situation. And if they're not in love with you, you could very well be on the way out. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know what the situation is with John Schneider. If like, let's say peak, cause usually GMs and head coaches are kind of attached by the hip a little bit. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, if one's out, usually the other one follows, but I don't know, man, Seattle's going to be a tough situation. I think for someone, cause their defense is, not great right now. Their offensive line is not good. Like you said, I mean, they drafted Kenneth Walker, and you got Chris Carson if he's able to stay healthy. Like, that's cool. And their wide receivers are pretty good in the top two anyway. Cool. But, <laughs> I mean, but you, how many times have we already heard that, like, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett might be on the trading block, right? Like, those guys might be on the move at some point. Like, I just – not not a, not a particularly great situation for a quarterback to be in, mm -hmm. in my opinion. But they might be in the situation where they need one, and it's going to get – a little messy, a little messy in Seattle, I think. And hopefully Charles Cross has a good good first year and, and they can build on that offensive line. I did, I did like that pick. I mean, it was a great pick. Yeah. In my opinion. yeah. This is almost a situation where you kind of hope Seattle isn't picking in the top five and they draft an offensive lineman instead and they're in a situation where they can draft an offensive lineman. But realistically, that's probably just not going to happen. Well, I mean, the good thing is that Seattle is now a bad football team, so maybe they won't draft some weird player in the 20s or 30s. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was, they, the, it was the best pick that they've ever made. <laughs> it was so good because you're like, oh, yeah. Well, wait, 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 before anyone calls for my head, okay, Russell obviously Wilson they the drafted fourth, Russell third Wilson. Round, whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously. Recently, they, also, they, also, they also drafted Cam Chancellor in like the fifth round. What a great right, pick. I right. think Richard Sherman was also in like the same ballpark. Crazy. Recently. So for clarification, sure. recently. Sure. Um. Okay, last team that we have here mm -hmm. on our list is the New York Jets, who actually was kind of hard to figure out because you look at the roster, offensive line is young, Elijah Vera Tucker, Makai Becton. They've got some fixes that they're they're going through on that offense. Yeah, mm -hmm. they drafted Garrett Wilson. Uh, Corey Davis actually didn't look that bad last year, which is surprising. They signed CJ Uzama, Brees Hall now at running back. That offense is looking a, a little juicy. And then defensively, we were talking about like, what do you do there? Because it, it's you got John Franklin Myers, you got Quinnen Williams, you've got uh, Jermaine Johnson and Carl Lawson, and then the biggest needs that you see on that roster because they also have C.J. Mosley and Quincy uh, Williams, who's the the brother of Quinnen Williams, and he stinks by the way. But go ahead, yeah, he's not that he's not that good. He's yeah. <laughs> They also drafted Sauce Gardner, so maybe you make some moves. In and, the, and, they got, and they got Bryce Hall at the other corner, which is a, which is a pretty yeah. solid number two corner. I mean, yeah. it, 
this roster is not bad, man. It's yeah. not. If I will say this, if Zach Wilson, if Zach Wilson can play, this is going to be one of the most improved teams in the NFL, in my opinion. Like it's I, Garrett Wilson, like you said, if Corey Davis is a second or third option, then like mm. cool, that's fine. Uzoma, who you said, Brees Hall, I think is a stud. They might not be a great team in 2022, but they're going to be a much better team in 2022. There's no doubt about it in my mind. But it, it all hinges on Zach Wilson. They feel kind of like what the Dolphins were the past couple seasons mm-hmm. where they were under really good defensive direction and they had a lot of really nice defensive pieces. But the quarterback development was still a little shoddy. And I, I'm a higher on Zach Wilson's development than I was on Tua's development. So like, I see that they're probably going to come in and they're probably going to upset the Patriots one week. They're probably going to upset the Dolphins one week and do that those kinds of things uh, throughout the season. But uh-huh. if we're sitting here trying to project who they're going to take, I, considering Jalen Carter was still there, this is a team that has afforded the opportunity to, to just draft best available. And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, Jalen Carter's on the board, or the other one that could make sense is who you went with, mm-hmm. which is Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I really do like the Carter pick for them, Joe, if, if he was there. But unfortunately, he wasn't in on my board personally. But to fit in with Quinn and Williams, attack-style defense, they run a little three-man front, but they also run four-man front. Jalen Carter has literally done the three-man stuff at Georgia, and he's a natural three-tech. And I think he could play kind of all over the defensive line. So I really like that fit as well. I went with who I consider to be the best edge right now. It was a conversation between Miles Murphy and Isaiah Foskey. I deferred to Isaiah Foskey in this situation. Look, they drafted Jermaine Johnson. Great piece in in like the 26th overall pick of the 2022 mm. NFL draft. The fact of the matter is, is that Carl Lawson's a good football player, but he's never available, man. Like he is just gets injured every single year, it feels like, right? So you're not banking on him being the future at defensive end opposite Jermaine Johnson. You need another guy. And I think that stylistically speaking, Jermaine Johnson and Isaiah Foskey are a l- kind of similar, but I think Isaiah yeah. Foskey is a little better of an athlete. But I think that either way, you have length and you have explosiveness at edge now. And Isaiah Foskey has a tremendous upside, in my opinion, tremendous ceiling. I'd also argue that I don't think it's that likely. Out of the five teams that we brought up here, if one mm-hmm. of these teams wasn't in the top five, like who we were to determine would be the most likely not to be picking in the top five. I would argue the jets are probably, probably the most likely. It's the jets or the lions for me. Like I said, I think the lions are going to be a lot better than people are anticipating. Like again, I think it's going to be like seven and 10. If you told me the lions ended up going like eight and nine, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Like that's fine. But I agree. I think the jets are the most likely. I'll say this, like most likely to least likely for these teams to be better than anticipated in this top five. I would go Detroit, Jets, Texans, yeah, Falcons, Falcons, Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. yeah. Seahawks, Seahawks will be my number one team to have the first overall pick, man. I think they're going to be pretty bad. No, they're dumps, dumpster fire, massive dumpster fire. Uh, yeah. And hopefully Bryce Young doesn't have to get thrown into that or CJ Stroud. But yes, yes, yes. nonetheless, Ryan, good enough to wrap us up on we're going to be back to our normal scheduling next week we're going to do our defensive tackles so this is our only episode this week uh be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out and um follow us on twitter at nfl prospects pod at joe de Leon, and at ryan roberts talk to you soon folks oh at rising draft at rising draft and rise at rising draft sorry for ruining your vacation <laughs> you just put me off i don't need to be soft
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.